Today we're going to take a look at pot stocks right after the election when Biden uh, got uh, into the administration. They've been in decline ever since, sharp decline at least 20% as a whole. So we're going to take a look at um, some reports and some graphs and kind of see where the cannabis stocks are, are at. There's a couple that are going to be removed, a couple companies are going to be removed from NASDAQ because of low stock price. Uh, and then we'll review some of the SPACs and what they were trying to do all coming up. It's only entertainment. Welcome back to the Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. If you're going to be trading pot stocks, you might want to check out Tor Alerts. It's on the Android, iOS app stores, toralerts.com. It's basically an app that'll tell you when to get in and get out. A lot of people will mistime that and lose terribly. So the idea behind Toro Alerts is that it will allow you to get alerts to get out at the top, get in at the bottom, and make a lot more. We got 147% trading cannabis stocks last year, 876% trading crypto. So Tor Alerts is a good tool, whether you're a beginner or whether you just need another analytical tool in your toolbox. Uh, this is a good technical tool for that. So it's ran by ML and AI, predictive analytics, uh, and it'll help you not lose a bunch of money. So check out some Toro alerts and um, good luck. But this isn't financial advice. <laughs> so it's been a year since cannabis saw a complete retracement. Uh, there was a lot of speculation right as Biden got elected and then fizzled out by February of 2021. So they haven't really moved at all. They stay clustered together or they, they trade as momentum stocks or Momo stocks. And so not surprisingly, haven't really done anything. You know, the, they're, some of the reasoning, I guess an excuse, I would call it, is talking about um, limited banking and high taxes. But really that doesn't explain why the stocks aren't moving. It can be explained as simply that there's not better legalization and they can't trade separate from that. You can't, people aren't able to decouple the individual stocks from the broader market until there's legalization. So until that happens, I think we're kind of stuck with them just moving together as news, um, you know, and, and that fundamental piece is really the only aspect that moves these stocks it has nothing to do with technicals doesn't matter about profitability or really anything else um, in the long run. Yeah, you might see some some short-term pops, but long-term, nobody really cares. So as I mentioned, the broader market tumbled by 20%. That's just the advisor pure share U.S. cannabis ETF. That one ETF dropped. There's individual equities within that that have dropped significantly, especially some of the SPACs that have de-SPAC'd. We'll get into that and all of that nightmare uh, towards the end. But essentially, what we're seeing is more volatility with the market as the market's decline more than uh, the cannabis industry rather is declined more than the overall market. So NASDAQ was down 10%, S&P was down 7%, cannabis uh, for that particular ETF was down 20%. And the only thing that kind of revives these zombies is 
news, fundamentals, and yet fundamentals have been dead for a long time. People are just trading on technicals and have been for a long time. So what we're seeing is Safe Banking Act that moves uh, the markets um, and any kind of uh, you know legalization news might spark some some pops, but really it's kind of pumping up. It goes up, comes right back down, and it ends up just being relatively flat. So folks that kind of get in at the wrong time are getting absolutely hammered. Again, trying to come up with excuses for the volatilities, limited access to capital markets, stock trading restrictions, and the cost of prohibition, have, have higher taxes, higher debt costs. Um, one of the things that we've mentioned that's going to really make an improvement is the removal of 280E when you can write off employee wages. That's going to make these companies look a lot more profitable and instantly uh, they're just going to look much, much better right out the gate. So that's going to draw a lot of attention for sure, just from that simple play. Here's another, maybe a more valid reason for the slowdown in economic or in stocks is the economic slowdown. So We've talked about the overall pricing in Canada. Every single price uh, at the retail level has decreased. In the U.S., wholesale prices are decreasing. And across North America, people are reducing their spending. Uh, and I think that's a result of uh, inflationary pressures. People are cutting back because they're spending more on other stuff. I don't necessarily think it's because people are going back to normal and therefore consuming less. It will probably speed up some M&As, though. We've already seen that Bloom got um, bought for $476 million. So that's not too bad. Cureleaf bought, bought them out. And we're seeing borrowing rates go way down. So Trulieb just borrowed $425 million at an interest rate of 8%. I saw another one at four and three quarters. So... That's huge to be able to uh, not have access to banking, but have access to really, uh, really affordable rates. Let's look at a different ETF. This is the Advisor Share Pure U.S. Cannabis ETF, um, down 16%. And so what this graph represents is 99 companies that Viridian Capital tracks. So the green bars are showing the year-to-date performance. And only 22 of the 99 companies have a positive year-to-date return. One out of five out of any basket is pretty terrible. Uh, but the worst performing sector is U.S. biotech, which makes sense because it takes the longest to grow and has the smallest value uh, in the meantime. We've got smaller market cap companies in Canada and the U.S. that have done a lot better. Uh, and there's a lot of folks who think that the smaller businesses are going to do way better than larger MSOs. I completely agree with that for the same reason for like micro brews uh, or mom and pop coffee shops. It's just that small batch is going to be way better than what these other guys thought they were going to do. Thinking like Tilray that it was just a CPG company and not really understanding the culture or, uh, you know, the reasonings behind why people really want to buy it. Therefore not really producing anything people want to consume. Ultimately these smaller companies are going to have a better valuation. There's just um, not as much speculation in there. They're going to have lower valuation multiples. Uh, the plant touching companies are going to be uh, significantly discounted. So they're not doing very well at all in the U.S. Uh, if you look at Grow Generation, Hydro Farm, uh, they're the worst and fifth worst performing out of this group. They're down 40 and 33% respectively. A couple other excuses for the general economic downturn. Again, there's years of expanding money supply. Quantitative easing is definitely not helping. Like your house prices aren't going up. It's just it takes more 
fiat dollars to buy the same goods and services. So that's inflation. COVID supply chains, uh, the labor sh uh, shortage definitely ex exacerbating that inflationary issue. And then the Fed's possibly raising rates is putting a lot of money on the sidelines because if you have business instability, you don't know what the Feds are going to raise rates. You don't know what your borrowing costs are going to be. You're going to wait. So when you have uncertainty, never good for the markets. Some of the cannabis specific reasons about the uh, decline is that there's retail revenue growth slow. We've reported on that significantly in the U.S. and Canada. There's uh, stocks that are fighting against raising rates um, from uh, an environment that went from growth to value. So we want you to grow and scale. And, and then like you have all these write-offs like Aurora writing off a billion and Canopy writing off three billion. And now they're like, we need you to be a little bit more, have more value to that. So you're starting to see that transition. Um, there's capitulation for any hope of legalization. So that's why people are kind of getting out of the market. And then California still kind of has this uh, uh, rollout that they need to figure out being the fifth largest GDP in the world, they're gonna have to figure out how to uh, have more competitors in the marketplace. And so people are trying to uh, sift through that whole market. In the meantime, a couple of Canadian cannabis uh, companies are gonna have, probably have to be kicked off the NASDAQ. So Hexo and Sundial actually kind of like Hexo's automation, but they just uh, haven't really been able to have I don't know if it's management or what the deal is, but um, they're not the kind of PR that uh, some of these other companies like Tilray, Aurora, Canopy, uh, which again, I like Sundial. They got some attention from you know the Wall Street Bets crowd, uh, but nonetheless, both of them are going to be kicked off because their stock price is trading at around a dollar. So they were told that its closing bid for common shares was below a buck for 30 consecutive days. And so... Uh, that's one of NASDAQ's listing requirements. So before uh, NASDAQ ended up doing uh, some accounting gimmickry and uh, that sorcery ended up allowing them to stay on the market for a little bit longer. It doesn't affect the Toronto Stock Exchange at all, just in the U.S. So uh, they'll more than likely be kicked off uh, for non-compliance. And Sundial got the same letter in, in August they have until uh, yesterday <laughs> at the time. So uh, they might not even be on NASDAQ anymore. That's the second time in two years for Hexo, actually. Um, they were, like I said, they were warned before, but they were able to uh, consolidate some of their shares and then maintain that listing. But to my comment about Hexo's management, they started overhauling their C-suite in October, uh, including the departure of their CEO reshuffling some of the boards, uh, but they've only lost 885 million since their inception. Uh, you look at Aurora, they wrote off a billion, 3 billion for Canopy. So, I mean, you know, I think it's probably more or less the same. If they do have some, some automation still, that might be the, the key. Some other SPACs didn't pan out so well. So uh, especially purpose acquisition corp or a blank check company, uh, a lot of cannabis companies rode that wave and uh, did not work out too well for them during that DSPAC process when they spin it off and become its own individual entity. A lot of the value was sucked out by, you know, three quarters. So they lost 60 to 70% of the value the 
as soon as they become their own uh, individual uh, trading entity. Just as a reminder, I've interviewed a lot of folks for Seeking Alpha, financial news company, uh, publicly traded CEOs, asking them why they went public via SPAC because it's cheap and easy. You don't need a lot of information. It's very similar to going public in the 80s where they didn't really require a lot. So it made it really uh, simple for some of these companies to do it. It does raise some red flags like did they not want to go through the full due diligence process. Um, so that's kind of the... the uh, the backstory for that is skirting some of the requirements for the standard initial public offering, drawing some unwanted attention for regulators and investors that aren't really sure what they're doing, but more or less, I mean, do they really know what they're doing anyways? This seems like speculation all the time. So uh, surprise. We recently did a whole episode on SPACs last month and talked about how the SPACs that were, because these are blank check companies, you can just say whatever you want. A lot of them haven't invested in cannabis at all. The ones that that did kind of merge, they didn't really do anything. So they've underperformed in a lot of these, uh, these forecasts. Uh, and they given excuses from illicit operators, not really. They just never knew what they were doing from the very beginning. Of I mean, a lot of this is just selling snake oil to people, hoping that it turns into something. And most of them, it doesn't. So, you know, invest wisely, I guess. With that, we're going to roll this one up. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Joyce Gerber, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast, The Canna Mom Show. And we are on a mission to enhance the impact women have on this industry as business professionals, healthcare providers, policy advocates, caregivers, moms, by sharing and preserving their stories of love and kindness, wisdom, and hope. I am so grateful to have found my tribe of Canada podcasters right here on PodConnex and look forward to our work of crushing the stigma around cannabis and caregivers and building this new industry together.